So I want to read a scripture from the book of Job, chapter 14, verses 7 through 10. We will have all the scriptures in the screen, so you can also look at the screen. So Job, chapter 14, verses 7 through 10. Right? Listen to these scriptures. Here scripture says, Job says, For there is hope for a tree, if it is cut down, that it will sprout again, and that its tender shoots will not cease, though its root may grow old in the earth, and its stump may die in the ground. It, at the scent of water, it will bud and bring forth branches like a plant. But man dies and is laid away. Indeed, he breathes his last, and where is he? You know, a very valid question is what is asked here by Job. We all know about Job. He was a rich man. And suddenly, at some point of time, he lost everything in his life. And even though he lost everything, even though his friends and his family were there to tell him that, you know, you need to just deny God and give your life. Why are you living on this earth? Even though everything was against Job, but then he was still holding on to God. He was still trusting God for something better to happen. And eventually God blessed him. And he says at some point of time in his life, he, this is what he says, for there is hope for a tree. You know, that is so true. Even if you cut down a tree and lay it down on the ground, when water falls on the tree, on the wooden piece, it will shoot again. The root may grow old, but we see a tree, a tender leaf is coming out of the tree branch, which is cut down and fallen on the ground. And he says, but man dies and is laid away Indeed, his, he breathes his last. And where is he? Where is he? You know, today, as we live on this world, we come across a lot of voices of hopelessness. Now, when you talk to some people, you know, we come across the kind of hopelessness they have in their lives. They will say, why bother? You know, nothing is happening anyway. Why take all these efforts? Whatever I try to do, nothing is working out. Nothing is happening. Some people say, I will never be happy in my life because this is what is meant to me. This is what I'm expected to deal with as I'm dealing with. I don't think I'm going to be happy anytime. And you know, sometimes people go through you know, strain in their marriage relationship or their family relationship and they'll say, my relationship, I don't think it can never grow again, never can become better. People try to achieve great things in their, in their career and they will say that, I don't think I'll be able to achieve this. I will never be able to get what I really want. You know, there is so much of, you know, discouragement. There is so much of hopelessness today we see when we talk to people. And they will say that, you know, there is no point in trying. I tried my best, but then you know what? Nothing is happening. There is no point in trying. You know, sometimes when we talk to people, they say that, no, no, I'm, I'm too old. Don't expect me to do all these things. I'm too old. I'm too ugly. I'm too poor. I don't think I can do anything. I'm already damaged. I'm already worn off. I can't do anything. You know, we come across this kind of hopelessness. We see this kind of hopelessness in lives today around us. You know, one of the most common problems that we come across, irrespective of race and color and religion, and age is hopelessness. You know, today it is so true that people can live on this earth without friendship. There are many people on this earth, not even a single friend they have. 
They don't talk to anybody. They isolate themselves. They don't have any friends. But still we can live with that. People can live without love. Not everybody is loved the way we are loved. You know, we are so privileged. Look at the kind of love that we have at, at our homes. We love each other. We care for each other. But not everybody is privileged the way we are privileged today. There are hundreds of people living outside. Thousands of people living outside. They are not loved by anyone. Go to some of the you know, senior homes and look at the people, those who are living in the senior homes. They don't have one visitor, not even a single visitor coming and visiting them during the entire year. They just live all alone there. No one ever cares for them. People can live without friendship. People can live without love. But people cannot live without hope. People cannot live without hope. You know, people come to an extreme decision, it's extreme point in their point of time in their lives. They come to, they don't even, you know, hesitate to take that extreme step of ending their lives the moment they lose hope. They lose hope. You know, hopelessness is the biggest problem of the society today. We don't see that outside, but people are living and walking around not having any hope for the next hour, not having any hope for tomorrow, not having any hope for the future. When they find hope somewhere, they want to be part of it. They want to be part of it. You know, that's the kind of world that we are living in today. Now Job says, for there is hope for a tree. But when man dies and he lay, is laid away, indeed he, when he breathes his last breath, where is he? Where he has gone? You know, an ever unknown question to mankind is this. What happens when we leave the earth? Where do we go when we are done with this, done with this earth? What really happens when we close our eyes? Because none of us know, because we never closed our eyes yet. We don't know where do we go. But always we think about someone in the family, maybe, someone, maybe somebody who was our friend, who had to you know, come to an end of his life or her life. And we also always think about, you know, probably where is he? Where is she? You know, that's a never answered question for all of us, for many of us. And this evening we are trying to find an answer from the word of God, from what Bible says. Let's turn to Luke chapter 16. If you have your Bible or you can watch the screen. Luke chapter 16, verses 19 to 31. Luke chapter 16. 19 to 31. I'll read the scriptures. Try to follow the scriptures as I read. Luke chapter 16, verse 19. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. Means he was having a luxurious life every day. Verse 20. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Verse 22, Luke chapter 16. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and you are tormented. And besides all this between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, 
so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him, send Lazarus to my father's house. For I have five brothers, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. You know, Jesus is giving a story, giving an illustration to the people around him because they had a question in their life, what will happen if we die? And Jesus, you know, took them across, took them through this illustration of a rich man and a beggar who was at the gate of the rich man. And as we read, the rich man had everything in his life. But he was not feeding this poor beggar who was sitting at the gate. And the poor beggar has to come to the, near the table of the rich man, just waiting at the table, below the table, just waiting for breadcrumbs to fall from the table. Can you ever imagine that situation? Somebody has to crawl and come and sit, stand, sit near the table and waiting for anything that falls. You know, normally we have pets at home, cat or dog. They are the one they, you know, used to wait to see whether anything, anything that they can, you know, eat that falls from the table. But this poor beggar was treated, Lazarus was treated in that way. And he was full of sores and dogs used to lick the sores. That was a kind of life that the poor beggar had. And the Bible also talks about a rich man who had everything in his life. And scripture says both of them died. They died. And the poor beggar who was not having a good life on this earth, he was taken to the Abraham's bosom. Right? Abraham is a, one of the forefathers. He was a godly man. And he was in heaven. He is in heaven. And the, rich, the, 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 the poor beggar was taken to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man went to Hades, a place of torment. Right? Now, he looked up his eyes and he saw the poor beggar sitting at the you know, lap of Abraham. And the rich man asked, I am being tormented here in Hades. I have five brothers. Abraham, Father Abraham, can you send the beggar Lazarus so that he can go and testify what is happening here? So that my five brothers don't need to come to the place of torment. And Abraham said, they have all the prophets. They have all the preachers. They have the Bible. Everything is available for them. They have everything. If they do not listen to what the prophets are saying, what the Bible is saying, probably even if one goes from the dead, they are not going to listen. The question that you and I have today, in fact, Job is asking, man, when man dies and laid away, when he breathes his last breath, where is he? And Jesus giving an example of two individuals, they breath their last breath and where they are. Now we are just going back, going to, going back to the scriptures again. I want to divide this entire scripture that we read into three sections for our convenience. The section one, it talks about an earthly separation. An earthly separation. As we know the story now, we don't need to read that again. Both of them died. Lazarus died and the rich man died. You know, death is something which is impartial. It happens to everybody. It happens to all of us. It is something which doesn't leave anybody. Everyone has to go through death at some point of time in our lives. You know, some of us, some, 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 of, some of our family members, some of our friends and relatives, they are a little ahead of us. We are just following. You know, that's a reality and that's the kind of life that we are living today. You know, but you know what? Death is not the end of everything. You know, at times we think that, you know, when we are leave from, when we, we are gone from this world, that's it. I don't need to really worry about anything that what is going to happen after my death. But that's not true. Death is not the end of everything. 
After we die, from the scripture portion that we read, we go somewhere. Because death is not the end of everything. It's just an earthly separation. Just an earthly separation. So Lazarus died and scripture says very clearly, who came to take Lazarus? Angels. Angels came to take Lazarus. I don't know whether you have any experience. I have experience of sitting next to somebody who is dying and seeing them. And they testify, they report saying that they see angels. They see angels. Lazarus died and he was taken by, carried by angels. Where? To Abraham's bosom. A place of comfort. Rich man died and he was buried. The moment after his death he was buried. And he went to a place of torment called Hades. So there are two different locations. One is a place of comfort. And the other one is a place of torment. Are you with me? What is the first place? A place of comfort. And the second one is a place of torment. And who went there? Where? Lazarus went to the place of comfort. And the rich man went to the place of torment. Now, what did you know? want your attention to another scripture in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27. Bible says very clearly, and it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. The judgment. You know, we are all appointed for death. And I'm not really, really ashamed about that. I'm not really hesitating to say that. It's, it's for everybody. It's for everybody. As I said, some people are ahead of us and we are following. It's for everyone. It is appointed for everybody, everybody who is living on the face of this earth to die. And after that, judgment. But you know what? As we read from this story, not everyone goes to the same place after death. Not everyone goes to the same place. That's something which is important to note it down. Once we die, we are not going to go to the same place, all of us. We are going to go to two different locations. I want to give you a couple of more scriptures. Psalm 116 verse 15. God says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Who will consider death as precious? But God considers death as precious. Not everybody's death, but death of a saint. A death of a godly child. A death of a godly man and woman when he dies. It is precious in the sight of God. You know, death, you know what, what is death? Death is a separation of the spirit from the body. When somebody dies, their body is laid, and their spirit is gone. Their spirit is gone. In fact, you know, Paul says, in a, in a very precisely in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8. And he says, this is the confidence that you and I have. We have this confidence. Yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Death is something which is simple, he says. Absent from the body and present with the Lord. Can you repeat that after me? Absent from the body. Be present with the Lord. That's all death is. It's nothing major. It's nothing serious. It is simple to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. But the question is Job asked that question, Where is he? Where is he? From the story that we read, we talked about two different places. One is the place of comfort. And the other one is a place of torment. Depending on how we live our life on this earth, our destiny is determined. Lazarus lived a very poor life. He did not have anything to eat. And we see another somebody who is a luxurious man that decide dead their destiny. I'm not saying that you need to be poor to go to heaven. I'm not saying that. But you don't need to be like the rich man you cannot be like a rich man if you want to go to heaven. 
The rich man was not really considerate about poor people. He was not just caring about poor. He was not giving him food. He was just treating him like dogs. You know, that's the reason God chose the destiny of Hades for the rich man. The question may be whether God chose that in every one of our lives. Yes. Yes. We all have a destiny. We are all moving forward to one of these destinies that we talked about. Depending on the life that we live on this earth, our destiny is determined. You know, after people die, according to the scripture that we read, according to the illustration that we understood from the mouth of Jesus, there are two temporary resting places for the soul. One we call it as paradise, Abraham's bosom, a place of comfort. The other one is called Hades, a place of torment. It's not really hell, it's just a place of torment. You just get a glimpse of heaven and the earth. Because actual heaven and the earth, hell comes only after judgment. Until then the souls are preserved. The souls who died and those souls who are dying today and the souls will be dying in the future. Sorry, not souls. The lives that will be dying, the souls will be preserved in either one of these locations. Why they are preserved? They are all waiting for the final judgment. They are all waiting for the final judgment. So immediately after death, the question is whether people will feel comfort or pain or torment immediately after the death. The answer is yes. The answer is yes. Like exactly what happened to Lazarus and the rich man. I've seen people dying with screaming. People dying with seeing bad things in front of them. People dying saying that, you know, I see a bird sitting there. It is just staring at me. I'm afraid. I'm so scared. I heard those voices from people. It all depends where they are going to end their lives. Some evening we are talking about death is an earthly separation that happened to both Lazarus and the rich man. Secondly, death is also an eternal separation. I want you to read the scriptures again because you know, otherwise the scriptures will fade away from our mind. Verses 24 and 26. Luke chapter 16, 24. Listen to this. Then he cried out, Lazarus cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that your lifetime you received good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and you are tormented. And now he says, he says something else in verse 26. Listen to this. And besides all this, between us, between Abraham and Lazarus and between the rich man in Hades, between us, there is a great gulf fixed so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot nor can those from there pass to us you know there is a great gulf between the place of comfort and the place of torment people cannot just go from one place to another the souls cannot move from one place to the other so what as i said what we see here is a glimpse of heaven and hell it's a temporary resting place where souls are preserved now those who are ungodly those who are wicked they are separated from the presence of god we are talking about the second point death is an also an eternal separation now i want you to think about the reality that we have we we face every day on this earth in this world we see truth and false don't you see truth and false you see everywhere truth and false in this world we also see original and phony or fake everywhere right if there is a cell phone which is original in the market and also there is a another cell phone which is fake we see both of them together we see righteous people living perfect life and we also see unrighteous people we see they them living together we see good and bad happening to everybody 
Is only good happening to everybody? Only good? Since you are godly, you are coming to church, are there only good things are happening to you? Anybody like that? No. Good and bad happen. They both happen together for all of us. Sorrow and joy comes in our life. They both come in our, in our way. Sometimes there are in our lives, you know, we are sorrowful. There are times that we are joyful. They are like parallel train track. They just go together. Sometimes we are good. Sometimes we are not doing good. They live together. At times even we see wicked people flourishing. And people who want to walk carefully, who want to live a good life, they even suffer. Wicked people, they flourish. But then, you know, you all have examples. You know, if you think about your native place, somebody who is not really doing good, somebody who is not, who is not you know, living a right life, who is not having any moral value, but you see he flourishing. He's coming up like anything. Wicked things are flourishing, but godly things at times, they suffer. You know, that's the reason David says, he had the same expression when you read Psalm 92 verse 7. This is what he says, Psalm 92 verse 7. When the wicked spring up like grass, and when all the workers of iniquity flourish, it is that they may be destroyed forever. He has seen with his own eyes wicked people flourishing, and godly people suffering. In this world, we see all these things together, but in the world which is yet to come, scripture says there is a great gulf between what is good and what is bad, what is godly and what is ungodly. You know, Bible talks clearly about a place called hell and hell is a place of torment. And scripture says there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth in hell and there will be fire and it will never quench. You can imagine how hot that place will be. Scripture also says the hell is going to be a place of sulfur, brimstone, molten brimstone. You know, sulfur melts at what temperature? Any idea? Sorry? When you keep sulfur in hands, it melts? Good, you are not a chemistry student. <laughs> sulfur melts when you keep in hand? What is the boiling point of sulfur? Any idea? Yes? Close, very close. 420 to 450 degrees Celsius. Right? We have an ECE who has done chemistry very well. <laughs> right? So, boiling point of sulfur is 420 to 450 degrees. It's almost like our oven. We heat the oven when you want to bake pizza. We heat the oven, right? So think about somebody sitting inside the oven as we bake. That's how hell is going to be. Right? And the hell, fire doesn't quench. And the souls won't die. That means it's an eternal torment. This is the word of God is talking about. And who will go there? Any idea? Obviously, we don't want to go there. But we need to know who will go there. Let's turn to Revelation chapter, chapter, Revelation chapter 21, verse 27. Uh, before that, I think I, I, I want to read Revelation 21, 8. Let's read Revelation 21, 8. We are talking about hell and we are trying to find out who will go there to hell. Revelation 21, 8. Scripture says, but the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable murderers sexually immoral sorcerers idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone brimstone is sulfur which is the second death i'll not say why i'll not explain the second death but then that's that's the ultimate end of those who are cowardly, those who are unbelieving, those who are abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and those who are liars. And the, and the list goes on and on. They all will end up 
a place called hell. The same Bible also talks about a place called heaven. A place there is no death. Scripture talks about the place there is no death. The place there is no sorrow. The place there is no crying. The place there is no pain. You know, when in this world we go through everything together, but the eternity, there is no mixing up. It's an eternal torment or it's an eternal joy, everlasting joy, because there is no death, there is no sorrow, there is no crying, there is no pain. And who will go there? Let's read Revelation chapter 21, verse 27. Revelation 21, 27 says, Who will go to heaven? But there shall be no means enter it. In heaven, anything that defiles or curses, sorry, causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. That simply means sin will not enter into heaven. Sin will not enter into heaven. You know, that tells me today there is going to be a point of time in my life I am gone from this world but my life will continue, my soul will continue to live but it really matters where my soul is continue to live it really matters and it says sin will not enter into heaven now today if I am not sinning for example I will go to heaven and if some of my family members if they are living in sin they may not come to heaven, they will go to hell. We are eternally separated. Now, some of parents, we want to live in a very spiritual life. We want to live godly. We want to keep away from sinful things. It's good. But what about our children? What about our parents? If they do not do that, we will not be able to go to the same place where we are going. Because sin does not enter into heaven. We are talking about an eternal separation that happens for everybody, whether we like it or not. Thirdly, we see a need for a messenger. I want to again read verses 27 to 31. Then the rich man said to Abraham, I beg you therefore, father, that you would send him to my father's house. Send Lazarus to my father's house because I have five brothers. Let him go and tell my five brothers because they are also living the life that I lived. They are living a same life, similar life. Even they are all living a sumptuous life, luxurious life. But they don't give to poor. They don't care about the orphans. They don't care about the widows. They neglect people. Lord, can you send, please send Lazarus to that place so that they may go and tell my brothers so that my, I don't want my brothers to come to the same place. Abraham said to them, No. They have all the preachers. They have all the pastors. They have everything going on. Let them listen to what they say. You cannot go. You know, there is a need for a messenger. You know, we started this evening saying that people in this world, they are having a hopeless life. The, what they are looking for is they are looking for a messenger. They are looking for somebody who can go and tell and share the words of hope to them. You know, scripture talks about a messenger who came to this world from heaven. And he came with the good news. You now we love the messengers, they come with the good news. Right? So a messenger came from heaven with the good news. What was the good news? Just want to read that from the word of God. John chapter 3, verse 16. That was the good news. And the good news says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Job had a question. When he dies, where will he go? Now a messenger is sent from heaven to earth with a good news. That's what we call it as a gospel. Gospel is a good news. We call it as a gospel night because it's a night of good news. And the good news to mankind is this is what is the good news. God so loved the world. 
he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have an everlasting life everlasting life eternal life and jesus christ came to this world send us a messenger from god with the good news and he came to this world and he walked on the face of this world this earth 33 and a half years jesus walked on the face of this earth it's a history bible talks about it and when he walked on the face of this earth he knew very well the purpose for which he came to this world he came to this world for only one purpose to bring back the relationship that mankind lost with the god the father and god created adam and eve in the garden of eden they sinned against god they lost the fellowship with god you know that's the reason all of our souls it doesn't matter who we are which which religion which nationality our soul is trying to connect with god because it came from there our soul is longing to connect with god you know that's the reason you know people very get easily get attracted towards spirits because their soul is always longing for something which is more powerful which is heavenly but you know by doing it they end up in wrong location wrong places because spirits everywhere may not be good good spirit maybe evil spirits but our souls are longing to connect with god that's the reason jesus came down he died at the cross he shed his blood and he rose from the dead and now scripture says whoever believes in him will receive the eternal life there will be a reconciliation made between man and god because man lost the relationship with god and jesus had to be sent to this world so that jesus will come and he will die he will shed his blood you know we know without blood shed there is no forgiveness of sin that's the reason for temporary remission of sin people go and sacrifice animals and shed the blood of animals they get a temporary relief from that but god saw that it's not enough it's not good enough there are hundreds and thousands of animals are killed every day in the temple of god but you know what there is no people again over and over they go and do the same thing and they come with sinful and they again sacrifice but god decided to send his only begotten son because for a man a man has to die and you cannot die i cannot die because my blood is sinful blood i was born in this corruption only jesus can die because he is from heaven he is 100% god and he since he was born on this earth he was 100% man but yet sin free and jesus died for us and he opened the god opened the door for you and me to go to heaven as we enter through jesus that's what scripture says in fact jesus said in john chapter 14 verse 6 i'm going to close soon john chapter 6 14 verse 6 Jesus said I am the way the truth and life no one comes to the father except through me Jesus said I am the way I am the life I am the truth and you need to come walk through me you need to find me you need to accept me you need to acknowledge me you need to believe me to receive that eternal life You know that's the good news that's the gospel we are talking about and scripture also says lord jesus is going to come back to this world shall we read that scripture second thessalonians chapter 1 verses 7 through 9 second thessalonians chapter 1 verses 7 to 9 listen to this and to you and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the lord is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels now listen to this verse 8 in flaming fire taking vengeance on those who do not know god you know jesus is going to come back to this world for two reasons that's what scripture says number one reason jesus is going to come back to take vengeance on those who do not know god you know there are hundreds and thousands of people millions of people outside they do not know god you know that's the reason all the effort that we are taking all the effort the missionaries are taking to go and tell jesus to to go and share about god tell them about god because they don't need to be 
under the punishment of God. So Jesus is going to come back to this world to take vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is going to come back to this world. And now before it becomes too late, the messenger is already sent. That's Jesus Christ. And scripture says it is better to obey him. It is better to receive him. So when Job asked that question in Job chapter 14 verses 10 to 7, 10, 7 to 10. There is a hope at least for a tree if it is cut down and thrown on the ground. It will shoot its tenders and it will grow at, this, at, the, at the scene of a scent of water. But what happens to man when he breathes his last breath? We are living in a world of hopelessness. We don't have, they don't have hope even for tomorrow. How do they have hope for the eternity? There is no idea they have about eternity. But this evening, in a very simple way, I just presented the gospel to you from the illustration what Jesus spoke to his disciples and the people around about Lazarus and the rich man. All of us are going to face that sometime, some point of time in our lives. But the destiny is determined by what kind of life that we live on this earth. And scriptures very clearly says Jesus was sent from heaven so that he may open a door for us to enter into the right place that is eternal heaven. And I believe this evening God is speaking to you. I believe this evening you hear the voice of God. Shall we close our eyes for a time of prayer? Let's close our eyes. And the question that you need to ask, I need to ask, is the same question. It's the same question what Job asked. When man dies, where is he? When we end our lives on this earth, where will we be? The only reason why Jesus was sent to this world is to stand between God and man as a door through which we can enter to heaven. And Jesus said very clearly, and whoever believes in me will not perish in the eternal hell. But instead, whoever believes in me will have an everlasting life. What a joyful day that day will be when we finish our race on this earth and when we go to the place of comfort where the, the poor beggar was. There are only two options available. One is the place of comfort. The other one is a place of torment. It's all up to us which one we choose. We may be coming to church every Sunday. We may be following God every time. But scripture very clearly says sin will not enter into heaven. If we still live in a sinful way, if we still live a sinful life when sudden death comes on our lives we cannot go to heaven I'm not really here to tell you to make you fearful or you know give a sense of fear no you're talking about reality in life Sometimes we need to face that challenge in our lives. Our family members will very soon face that challenge in their lives. Our parents, maybe already they face the challenge or they may face very soon. But how do we face the day? If we do not have hope, if we do not have put our hope, our trust in Christ, in Lord Jesus, we cannot go to heaven. Because as he says, I am the way. I am the life. I am the truth. No one comes to the Father except through me. Except through me.
the reason why Jesus came to this world the reason why he shed his blood and had that cruel death at the cross was to fulfill the purpose of God in your life and my life the purpose of God in concerning you and me is not eternal condemnation it is eternal heaven because God created us you and me in his own image he doesn't want us to go into the hell the hell was created for the satan for the devil the fallen angels but this evening our god is a loving god he's a compassionate god with all his love he loved us by sending his only begotten son jesus and he from heaven god the father saw his son being tortured at the cross because of the love that he has set upon you and me he loves you still when jesus was born in this world when he walked on the face of this earth he walked as a loving god compassionate god but scripture says he is going to come back to this world again he is no more going to come as a loving god scripture as we read he is going to take vengeance on those who do not seek god and those who do not follow the footsteps of god and this evening god has spoken to us clearly it is a time that we need to make a decision tonight the decision need to be made within you others don't need to know about what is your decision you need to make a decision within your heart all of us because we don't want to go to the eternal hell you want to go to heaven and when our sins are forgiven by the precious blood that jesus shed at the cross we can inherit heaven and this evening if any of our lives are sin still sinful you know at times we know unknowingly we commit sin at times we purposely intentionally we commit sin whatever it may be this evening we need to ask the forgiveness of our sins our sins need to be washed and forgiven the only one thing that has the ability power to forgive our sins is the precious blood that Jesus shed at the cross just want every one of you when your eyes are closed just ask for forgiveness of many different things that we have done in this life every one of us just ask forgiveness to god by our words by our thought by our sight by many different things that we do through our body we have defiled our life and this evening we are here to ask for for his forgiveness because he is god we are human let the precious blood of lord jesus christ let it forgive all our sins as we ask him to forgive our lives thank you lord father this evening we want our sins to be forgiven lord we are not seeking god help us lord to seek god we are born in christian family but we don't have any relationship with you lord many times we forget you lord this evening forgive us lord want every one of you to just ask for forgiveness we don't want the day to come upon like uh, all of our lives as a heavy day as a day of vengeance from the lord but we want that day to be a day of joy of going into the presence of god and living with him for eternally forever and ever and that joy comes in our lives when we surrender our lives to jesus and ask for his forgiveness i'm just going to pray with you this moment, this evening thank you lord sometimes you may say that i don't know how to pray you can just pray within your mind lord if this is what is the truth lord i realize oh god I want that forgiveness to happen me to me. I want that joy coming in my life. I want that hope, that assurance coming into my life. We all need that. 
I have that hope in my life. I have that joy in my life. I have that assurance in my life. I want every one of us to have that joy, hope and assurance. And that comes when you receive Christ into your life. And this is the time. Now is the time. There may not be another time. Now is the time. This evening, I just want every one of you to give your life to Jesus. Just, you can pray from your heart. He knows. God knows our hearts. For our benefit, I just want to make a short prayer. You can repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, this evening, I come to your presence. I ask you that you would forgive my sins. Accept me as your child. Lord, many times I don't seek you. Many times my heart is not right with you. But this evening, Lord, I want to set things right with you, Lord. Forgive me. Accept me. I want to come to the eternal heaven. Not to the hell. This evening, oh God, help me. Thank you, Jesus. We also need to think about our family members. They may not know about it. We don't know where they are ending, going to end up, where they are going to ending their life. This evening, it is your responsibility to tell them, to share them the love of Jesus and tell them, there is hope. There is hope. Our life after death is not hopeless. There is hope. And this evening, God may strengthen you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your presence in this place, Lord.